You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Got him better, you know, having an opportunity to to make a tough shot in front of their bench against a tough opponent, um, and it didn't go his way. You know, he just watched it. He wasn't quite shot ready, but he had a great look. And um, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of like a rite of passage. You come into the NBA, you're looking to make these plays, and the burn of not making it is what propels you to get in the gym and look for that moment and do it with that type of intensity and that type of pressure every day. It's just a, it's just something you can't predict. You can't you can't do it until you've gone through it. And I think now he's gone through it and this is gonna help him with his career. But as far as our team, um, really excited about the way we played, really about excited about the way we competed to hold that team to forty two percent shooting, um, forced twenty two turnovers against that team and have an opportunity really three or four opportunities late in the fourth quarter um, with some really good looks. You know, I thought Jabari had a good, really good look and, and uh, couldn't get that to go down. And, and Cam gets a good look. DeAndre Hunter makes a great attacking move to the basket. Just really proud of our group, um, finding opportunities to try and get a win, and we just came up short. Hello, friends. Welcome to Episode 679 of the Lawton Hawks Podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Sunday evening, and you just heard the introduction of the post-game press conference from Lloyd Pierce's opening statement of sorts. If you missed this game, you will certainly know um, what happened by now, probably. But uh, in short, the Hawks had a shot in the air in the final minute from Cam Reddish in the corner, an open three that would have tied it. Um, granted, the Hawks might have lost the game from that point forward, but if that shot goes in, it's a different story. But in the end, the Hawks lose this game by, by a final score of 101-96 to at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers. We will have plenty on that game, including the uh, final minutes of that contest and the back and forth that transpired. And as you can hear there from Lloyd Pierce, he was pretty optimistic about his team after the game. You know, it's, it's a home loss for Atlanta. But honestly, it's one of the better losses you can have uh, being very competitive against one of the best teams in the league in the Lakers. And Pierce has basically said repeatedly that his team just didn't have the offensive firepower that it needed. But honestly, they played pretty well in his estimation. I would largely echo that. The offense was sputtering, and we'll talk more about that as we get going here. But before we get to the game itself, there was one roster move that took place over the weekend that I want to make sure I talk about at least for a second at the top of the podcast. And that is the Hawks' uh, placing Ty Wallace on waivers. He was claimed by the Hawks in late October, playing 14 games in a limited role for Atlanta. This move creates a roster spot, although the Hawks technically already had a roster spot and flexibility with John Collins on the suspended list. They actually now have two unless, uh, John, sorry, until John Collins is uh, reactivated from the suspension, which is coming very, very soon. And with Wallace off the books, the Hawks have $4.8 million in cap space to go along with that flexibility. They're the only team in the NBA now with cap room. Um, and December 15th is a key date. Uh, that is, of course, today as I'm recording this on, on this fine Sunday. A key date in that most of the league cannot be traded for uh, the first time this season. This is a sort of line in the sand. With that said, not everyone can be traded. There are some January 15th guys who can't be dealt for another month now, but there are certainly some logical conclusions to draw from the timing of moving on from Wallace. I do want to say quickly, though, that I never had the feeling that Wallace was long for the roster, and I'm not sure it's entirely due to this move is entirely due to the deadline sort of passing for the uh, guys not being able to trade it. Sorry, be able to be to be traded until December 15th. The contract was already non-guaranteed, and they added Wallace late in the process um, before the season started, or actually right after the season started. 
when Alan Crabb was out and Turner had some Achilles issues. They just kind of need some depth behind Trey Young. I like that move at the time. I still do. Um, Wallace was not great, and I think it was very, very clear recently that he was going to be out of the rotation permanently. He's been inactive when the Hawks had to make those choices and went to the G League a couple, couple times. So not really in the plans at the moment, so there's not really a whole lot of reason they had to have him around. It was, if he's going to be inactive as he's been recently, there's an argument to have that roster flexibility, and this saves the Hawks some cap room as well as saving Tony Russ for some money, which I'm sure is not a small consideration for this move. I would say not a ton of impact here with Wallace, but the Hawks certainly will be in trade discussions because they're in a spot that no other NBA team can be saved right now because they they actually have cap room at the moment, which no other team has, and also they have the most projected cap room for next summer. So all that to say, I'm not expecting anything imminently, but this combined with the reporting on the Hawks kind of being active on the market, etc., we will see how much uh, this happens, how much, I, I would say, how much how much fire there is to the smoke. But Wallace no longer there, and the Hawks now have 14 guys on the roster, um, 13 available players until John Collins comes back, and we will talk about that more in the future. So, with that said, we will transition to the game. As I said before, a pretty impressive effort in some respects for the Hawks in this game to compete Lose by five points. They had lost three games in a row prior. They were 12-point underdogs in this game, which tells you the Hawks did better than Vegas projected them to do in this game. There was some uncertainty with LeBron James coming into the coming into the, to the day with um, an elbow injury. He was questionable, but um, he told Rachel Nichols of ESPN on the air on Saturday that he was planning to play, essentially. And then uh, Frank Vogel confirmed before the game began that he was going to be playing. So, And he was probably the only... you know Davis was good as well, but uh, it was basically a two-man show for the Lakers, as it almost always is. But those two guys were really good this game and LeBron did not seem to be uh, having any ill effects on the Hawks side no injuries coming into the game there was one coming out of the game with Kevin Herter suffering um, a shoulder injury at some point along the way in the second half we'll come back to that later on but the Lakers now are uh, a sparkling 14 and 0 away from Staples Center they do have one technically a road loss but it was to the Clippers in their own building that they that they share with the Clippers so 14 and 0 outside of Los Angeles is pretty ridiculous for the Lakers in this game and uh yeah want to note that coming into the game also a lot of Lakers fans as always in Atlanta I'm, re- I'm not recording this uh, this podcast from my normal seat at, at State Farm Arena because of the fact that there was actually a post-game um, basketball game happening on the court. I'm not sure which organization it was playing basketball, but there were refs and scoreboard usage, and it was just too loud to record. So there you go on that. But a lot, a lot of Lakers fans, I will say, the Hawks fans that were there, because you have to pay a lot of money to see the Lakers, even if you're a Hawks fan, the diehards come out, um, so... There was definitely a lot of Lakers fans, but I would say a louder Hawks contingent than normal to sort of combat them, even if it's always a bizarre scene when the Lakers come to town because there are so many Lakers fans, and uh, especially with LeBron now, because there are also uh, separate LeBron fans in addition to Lakers fans, so plenty of weirdness there. So, to the game itself, we'll start early in this contest. Um, you know, the Hawks... I would say pretty much the entire game, but especially early on, this had a feel of a game that was sort of a rock fight. The Lakers came out and looked like looked as if they had been out the last night in Atlanta. They were pretty uneven at the start of this game. The Hawks were unable to take full advantage of that. Um, but there were 20 total points and eight combined turnovers in the first six minutes of this game, setting the stage for what was going to be an ugly game throughout. There was one really rough play from Cam Reddish um, when he... Uh, couldn't get a hold of the ball after a pass, finally corralled it, and then dribbled behind his back to no one and lost it for a layup. That was a bad moment for Cam. We'll come back to him later. As you heard Lloyd Pierce talk about him at the top of the podcast, there was a 12-3 to run by the Lakers to go up by a 15-9 score. 
Then the Hawks uh, did answer back with back-to-back threes from Vince Carter and DeAndre Hunter, which was from Hunter, that was a pull-up three in transition. That was a very, very confident and I think encouraging shot from a young player. Uh, he was not great in this game, but that was a good moment for DeAndre. Um, the Hawks managed to win the fourth, uh, sorry, the first quarter minutes without Trey Young on the court, which is definitely a big thing. And uh, the big swing in the first quarter was the Hawks having five threes and the Lakers not making any of them. That was a theme throughout the game that we'll come back to, but um, that allowed the Hawks to stay in, uh, in sort of stay in contact. Atlanta's defense was a little bit shaky in the second quarter. There was a moment early on when Lloyd Pierce went crazy, and I think rightfully so. It was a pretty blatant goaltend that was missed by Dwight Howard, and Pierce got a technical foul. I thought for a second that he actually might get ejected. He went pretty nuts. Um, That was the right... Obviously, I mean, you could argue about whether the reaction was warranted, but it was certainly the right reaction after that play because um, it was a missed call by the refs. And then... uh, LeBron had a couple of just ridiculous plays in this game, but he had another one coming quickly after that. The Hawks did not score in the second quarter until the 8.44 mark, so more than three minutes. Jabari Parker did three at that point in time, and LA finally made a three of their own. They missed their first, uh, I believe their first seven or eight threes in this game. Didn't make one until midway through the second quarter. Um... Late in the con- late in the first half, the Hawks still had a, a, a sub-90 offensive rating, but they were able to hold tough based on the fact that they were actually pretty good defensively throughout this contest. The Hawks only scored two points without Trey Young on the court. By the way, coming into the game, the Hawks had a 90.5 offensive rating with Trey Young off the floor this year. That is incomprehensibly bad for this much time. It's about 400 minutes, which is not an overwhelming sample, but certainly enough to tell you that the Hawks are just so bad offensively without Trey Young on the court. But the Hawks were able to hold, hold uh, I would say, and hang around in the first half, despite a shaky offensive performance because of the defense, the Lakers were 2 of 14 from 3, had 13 turnovers in the first in the first half. That allowed the Hawks to stay uh, in contact, and Trey Young had 14 points and 4 assists before halftime. Before we get to the second half of this game and everything else in the podcast, I do want to take a quick second to uh, go to our sponsor, so hold on tight. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back to talk about the second half of this game as well as the individual portion of the contest. Um, the third quarter was basically a bunch of runs back and forth for both teams, um, I guess ultimately leading a little bit towards Atlanta in the end. A 7-0 run by the Hawks out of the timeout, sorry, out of the halftime break to tie the game. It was a, a pair of dunks from um, Damian Jones and Jabari Parker and a deep three by Trey Young to tie the game. A good start for the offense after a dreadful um, first half that generated a lot of good got a lot of good looks early on, and the Lakers were turning the ball over at a at a comical rate early on in the third quarter. At that point, through about 16 minutes of play, the Lakers had 17 turn, 17 turnovers, which is uh you know, really, really bad, obviously, and they couldn't make a shot either. They were 216 from three, so that combination allowed the Hawks to tie the game at that point. Uh, the Lakers did have a run of their own, a 12 to run, 12 to one run after that timeout to go by 11, including a legitimate 34 footer from LeBron James, just a ridiculous shot from LeBron. The Hawks didn't score um, a field goal in that in that whole stretch. They had one point in more than four minutes, but the rest of the quarter did belong to Atlanta with a couple of nice spurts on their own. A 7-0 run at the end of the quarter, including a big three from Cam Reddish and a jumper by Vince Carter to get back within two. They were down by four to uh, at the end of the third quarter, and neither team was had a good offensive rating, but the Hawks did enough to hang around there. Um, at the opening of the fourth quarter, the Hawks went without Trey Young because they had to get some minutes without him on the court. They were minus four in that stretch. It ended up being pretty big. They did battle, I will say, defensively without Trey on the court, but offensively they just couldn't score again. There was one nice finish from Reddish in transition over Dwight Howard that he finished with, with his left hand that I wanted to point out. It was a nice move from Cam. Um, also during that stretch, the worst part of the game for Atlanta in the big picture is that Kevin Herter went to the locker room with what the Hawks quickly diagnosed as a left shoulder contusion. That is the same shoulder that he suffered the injury on back in Denver that he actually missed double-digit games for. Um, 
Lloyd Pierce did seem optimistic after the game, saying that um, he thought Cam was uh, sorry Kevin was going to be okay. Herder was a little bit less committal in his post-game address to the media briefly. Um, we will definitely wait and see on that. You know, it's good that Lloyd seemed to be up, upbeat about uh, Kevin's injury, and he he seemed to be okay-ish in the locker room. But uh, obviously, they're going to have a look at that after the uh, you know after whatever happens between now and Tuesday. We'll probably hear something on Monday, I would imagine, but. Not out of the woods there. Um, similar injury in some respects to what happened in Denver. He got tangled up, tangled up with White Howard, um, who had sort of a, a chicken wing on him. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens from there. But that was sort of the the one long-term moment in this game that I wanted to point out is that if Kevin misses time, the Hawks are in big trouble. We saw this when he missed the games uh, before. The Hawks, you know, struggled mightily. And he's the only guy on the court, sorry, the only guy on the team right now that's been able to stabilize the offense to some degree when Trey leaves the court as a backup point guard. So lots of different things there. And honestly, in this game, Herder's probably on the court down the stretch. Um, Pierce did not commit to saying that, but I, I do think if he is available, he's playing crunch time, and that would have helped the Hawks offensively in this contest. Anyway, to the rest of the game itself, a lot of back and forth. LeBron came back in um, at the, the, the five-minute mark with a five-point game, and from that point forward, it was very, very close on both ends of the floor. The Lakers the Lakers only scored two points in about a three-and-a-half-minute period, but the Hawks could not close the gap. That ended up being pivotal at the end of the game. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta got down by eight points with about four minutes to go on a, on a three-point play by Anthony Davis, but then Trey hit an off-the-dribble dri- off three to get back within five. Got a couple stops in a row there. Um, they did um, have a bad miss fade away from Vince Carter at the 240 mark, but then Trey got to the line with 217 to go, made both, and it's a, it's a three-point game at that point in time. Then they got back-to-back stops against KCP and Anthony Davis. Um, AD then blocked Trey at the rim, though. Got fouled. Only made one of the two, so the Hawks are down by four with 90 seconds to go or so. Jabari Parker then had a wide-open three that he airballed, and I'm not really sure what happened still on that play. Um, I watched it again. He doesn't seem to have any issue. It's just he just misses it very badly. That was a really bad one. Obviously, the one with Reddish, that Reddish missed at the end of the game is going to get a lot more of attention. But that Jabari three that was wide open down four late was a, a bizarre miss, I would say. From that point forward, they called they called for a foul on the other end of the floor actually. But Pierce immediately reviews it, wins the challenge, but in a, on the I would say a bad break for the Hawks, but also a correct interpretation of the rule. There was a shot clock reset. In a jump ball at midcourt with 56 seconds to go, and the Hawks up, uh, sorry, the Hawks down by four. Uh, Anthony Davis wins the jump against Alex Lynn, and then the Lakers have a full shot clock to work with. They didn't score on, on that trip, but they they burned almost half of the remaining time because they went all the way down. Uh, Davis missed a jump shot at the end of the shot clock, but um, the Hawks got it back with about 35 seconds to go or so. Trey misses a deep three that was kind of a bad shot, I thought, in transition, but the Hawks did get the rebound. Hunter got fouled, and he made both free throws, putting the Hawks back within two. They then fouled LeBron James with 15 seconds to go. He made one out of two, so the Hawks get the ball back. 15 seconds to go, down three. It's a pretty good scenario when they were down multiple possessions. The Lakers just didn't score a whole lot down the stretch there, and that opened the door for Atlanta. Coming out of the break, uh, out of the stoppage, stoppage, I should say, the Hawks got a great look, as Lloyd, as Lloyd said at the top of the podcast um, and the audio that I played for you. Um, I will say this. LeBron made a mistake. I tweeted this. I thought LeBron's defense was really, really bad on that trip. People were saying that he that he wanted to leave Cam open. I do not agree with that at all. And in talking to people after the game, um, I, everyone's on the same page. LeBron, LeBron messed up defensively. Uh, Vince Carter sort of broke contain, was going towards the rim again. This is a three point ga- three point game with you know less than 10, less than ten seconds to go. Vince could have got a layup or a dunk there pretty easily, and that's not a bad scenario for the Lakers in that spot because the Hawks are down by three. But LeBron kind of fell asleep, gestured toward Vince a little bit. 
Vince did the right thing, kicks out for a wide-open shot to Reddish because LeBron sunk into the lane. Reddish gets a nice catch-and-shoot three from the corner. That's a good shot. I know Cam has struggled as a shooter this year, and I want to point that out to be sure. I understand the math on that. I, I totally get it. But when you're, when you're down by three and you get a, a pretty wide-open corner three from a wing, I know Reddish is not a great shooter, but he's not Bembry. He's not Turner. This is a guy who has, who does shoot threes for you during the during the game and during the season. He took six he took six threes in this game, so they're allowed to shoot him, uh, have him shoot those kind of shots. And again, wide open. Um, Pierce did say, as you heard in the audio earlier, that he was not in great shooting shooting position as he caught the ball. I will agree with that, but still, he has to shoot it. He shot it. He didn't make it. I get that. And uh, from that point forward, the Lakers get the, get the rebound, get fouled, Danny Green, and he makes both free throws, and that's the end of the game. So, you know. Is that that one shot lose the game for them? Absolutely not. I think the Hawks, you know, were not the better team in this game. And obviously they're not not the better team overall, but they had a chance. And I will defend the Hawks offense on that play until the end of time. If you get an open three from Cam Reddish, I know he's not shooting the ball well, but that's one that you will take all day long down by three in that situation. And uh, he just didn't make it in this spot. So there you go on that. So big picture again. Um, Offensively, it was a mess for Atlanta throughout the game. Pierce seemed pretty okay with the offense and the shot quality. I actually asked him specifically about the shot quality in this game. He seemed to be he seemed to be okay with it in his answer. But um, he kind of said that even you know there have been games this year where they've had individuals have big games offensively and the team's not been playing very well. In this game, he said the team played well and they didn't have anybody have a good game offensively. He even mentioned Trey Young. Um, he even said this uh, sort of unprompted, but Trey had 30 points in this game. But he he referenced that they were un they were inefficient. I will agree with that. It wasn't like Trey was great in this game. I know he had 30, but there was no great offensive performance by anybody in the spot for Atlanta, which is which is a shame because they did play well sort of in the overall floor game and defensively in the spot, and Lloyd seemed to have that impression coming out of the game. But offensively, a 90.7 offensive rating, you're going to lose most of the time with that. 20 turnovers, they shot 36% from the floor and 29% from three. The threes, you know, 12-42 is not out of the ordinary. The Hawks are about a 32% shooting team for the season, so a pretty normal number, particularly when the Lakers or 5 of 31 from 3. I heard some chatter about the Hawks just not making shots in this game, and they certainly didn't make a lot of them, but you can't say that on one hand and then not talk about the Lakers missing 26 of their 31 shots. They were 5 of 31. So I think you come into the game, if you told me that the Hawks will, will shoot 20, 12 of 42, but the Lakers will be 5 of 31 from 3, you will take that if you are the Hawks, and uh, that kind of allowed them to be okay, despite the fact that they did not have the greatest shooting night in their own. But uh, 18 assists. And 20 turnovers for the Hawks, that's a bad ratio in a lot of ways. So offensively, I will say the numbers were worse than the actual play was, but at some point you got to make shots, and they just didn't make them in this game. Uh, defensively, as I said before, it was a good, it was a good game for the Hawks. I, you know, they got some help, to be sure. Um, LeBron was 4 of 10 from 3. Everybody else was 1 of 21 for the Lakers. Uh, 0 of 6 for Davis, 0 of 5 for Green. 0 of 2 for KCP, 1 of 4 for Rondo. Um, yeah, just a lot of missed shots from guys who are not great shooters other than Davis. And I mean, Danny Green's a good shooter, but 0 of 5 for, I mean, 0 of 11 from Davis and Green from three. There were some tough looks in there from Anthony Davis for sure, because they, they did a pretty good job on, on him defensively in this game. But um, some fortune, I will, I will say, in there. But I do think the Hawks play well defensively, like full stop, especially for this team. If you're grading on a curve, this is a very good performance defensively for Atlanta. And uh, just overall, I thought they were pretty solid. And, uh, you know, some help from the Lakers, but still did play well defensively, and that allowed them to stick around here with a 95 defensive rating. Um, yeah, you know, big picture, that's probably all I have to say about, like, the team stuff in this game. You know, ultimately, the Hawks played well enough to win. The Lakers did just enough, and I think the Lakers did not play well in this game, but the Hawks were, you know, by 
In the non-LeBron minutes, the Hawks won by five. LeBron was plus 10 in his 37 minutes. The Hawks won this, sorry, the Hawks lost this game by five points, so they were able to take advantage of the non-LeBron minutes. LeBron's the best player on the court, and uh, that's what happened in this game. Individually, we will move quickly here to the individual portion of the podcast because now I spent some time on Ty Wallace and all that stuff, but um, we'll fly through this a little bit here. On the bench, the Hawks only played 10 guys and really only nine. It's, it's becoming a running theme now that the rotation is much shallower than it was coming into the last week or two. Bruno Fernando played three minutes. They were in the first half. They were in the competitive portion. And I thought Bruno was actually a little bit better than he has been. Um, no glaring issues from Bruno. 2.3 rebounds in his three minutes uh, against Dwight Howard. I thought he was okay. They never went back to him, which I understand in this spot. Um, no Parsons, no Bembry, no Turner. Um, that's not not a surprise anymore with Bembry not, Bembry not playing. Um, it is notable, and I think if Kevin Herter misses time, or misses even any game, because the Hawks do play Tuesday, if Kevin misses that game, it won't be a surprise to anybody that, you know, considering he, he, he got hurt in this game. Barring Herter missing time, though, it seems that Bembry is out of the rotation. Um, I don't know if that's permanent, but at the moment, it's no longer a surprise that he's not playing minutes based on the recent rotations. And then Turner, same thing. Um... To the individual players, though, Alan Crabb, 18 minutes, 1 of 5 from the floor, 3 points, 2 rebounds, an assist, and a steal. I thought Crabb was okay, but um, 1 of 5 from 3 from him, you know, he's going to have to make some more shots than that. Vince Carter, same sort of thing, 3 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3 for Vince, 7 points, was plus 10. A little bit misleading there to have him have have the um, best plus minus on the team, I will say, because he was not great, I didn't think, in this spot. He wasn't terrible either by his recent standards, but I thought Vince was just okay. Um, Alex Lynn, 9 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists for Alex. He was not as good in this game as he has been previously, I don't think. But defensively, he did a a good job in the second half, for sure. Offensively, sorry, defensively in the first half, a little bit bit more shaky, but I thought Lynn played okay. Cam Reddish, 29 minutes, 10 points, 5 rebounds, a steal, and a block, and 3 turnovers for Cam. I think offensively, this is a shaky night for Reddish. You know, the last shot, I don't care. I mean, it's an open shot, you gotta take it, and he just missed it. But overall, 3 of 10, three of 10 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3, 3 turnovers. There was, there was some over-dribbling, there was some bad misses. When he just has his feet, I know I've said this before in the last couple of weeks, but his feet are just kind of a mess when he shoots shots, and that leads to some bad misses for Cam. It wasn't a good night for him offensively overall, uh, and that's not just the last shot. Defensively, I thought he was quite good, um, and I think he's been quite good for most of the season. So there are pluses, there are minuses, and I think he's gotten too much criticism nationally for the way he's played because his defense should not be ignored, but offensively it was a mess in this game, which has to be said also. To the starting lineup. In this spot, Kevin Herter, as I said before, left this game with the shoulder with the shoulder contusion. Contusion is an interesting word, and we'll see how much the the injury looms there um, later on. He had five points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a nice block shot actually in this game. Um, Twenty three minutes for Kevin, and uh, we'll leave that there for now. Damian Jones, a pretty quiet night, all things considered. But got to the line, made all four of his free throws, ten points, three rebounds. Um, defensively, wasn't. Great, but also wasn't bad, and I thought he was okay in his 21 minutes of play. Jabari Parker had the bad miss three. I didn't think Jabari was good in this game. It wasn't quite as bad as it has been. I thought he did a pretty admirable job on Anthony Davis at times. 12 points, 5 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block, and 5 fouls for Jabari. DeAndre Hunter was a little bit in and out, I will say. Offensively, he was 2 of 10 from the floor. I didn't think he was great. Offensively, he was 0 of 4 on 2s, which is not what you want to see whatsoever from DeAndre. At 8 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. Um, four turnovers. I thought his defense on LeBron was pretty pretty good. Uh, you know, you can't stop LeBron, but I thought he, I, did, I thought he did a pretty decent job for uh, a rookie, particularly on LeBron. And the shooting numbers probably overstate how bad he was. I don't think he was that bad in this game. He wasn't great, but it was uh, probably average-ish, despite the uh, ugly shooting. 
And then finally, Trey Young, 30 points, seven re- sorry, 30.7 assists, six rebounds, two steals, six turnovers for Trey in 36 minutes. Um, Hunter and Parker, sorry, Hunter and Young continue to lead the team in minutes pretty comfortably, and that makes a lot of sense because Hunter they cannot live without him um, defensively on the wing and just his two way ability at, at the three, and then Young is by far the most indispensable piece they have at the moment. So. Um, no surprises there. Defensively, it was not his worst. I think he was a little bit shaky, but wasn't bad. I thought he was a little bit better than he has been in the last couple of games. Um, offensively, it was a mixed bag. He got to the line 11 times, which is what you want to see from Trey. He was efficient in that way, but you know, as Pierce said, offensively, it was kind of a mixed bag for Trey. 9-22 from the floor, 3 of 11 from 3. A couple of I would say forced shots. You, know, you don't want to say they're bad shots for Trey because he's capable of making just about anything on one side of the court. But there were some shots that I bet he'd probably like back um, that were not efficient shots that are going to not go in more often than not. But, you know, I thought he was okay. Um, it didn't seem like Lloyd was overwhelmed with the way that he played in this game. But I thought offensively, he's the engine, and we all saw that. He was minus four in a game they lost by five. You know, it is what it is. I thought Trey was not great by Trey standards, but his standards are very high right now, and you can't really sneeze at 37-6. and six. Um, That's pretty solid for everybody, and it wasn't like he was terribly inefficient. 9-22 is not great, but with the free throws, it was not a bad game for Trey Young overall. So, we'll leave it there for now. You know, the Hawks' last thoughts here, I think the Hawks competing in this game, and um, the Lakers weren't fantastic, but the Hawks taking this game to the wire is pretty admirable. You can't expect to win. This game was 12-point underdogs. At, even at home, the Lakers are very, very good, and uh, no shame in losing it. I thought the Hawks, as an overall takeaway, barring the hurt or injury, that's going to be unfortunate if he misses any time, but um, just the way they played in this game is a pretty positive outcome, I think, overall, despite the offense and uh, all that talk. So next on the agenda is the Hawks going to New York on Tuesday. That is a very is a very winnable game. The Hawks could conceivably be favored in that game. I would not bet on it probably because um, with the herder uncertainty, still no Collins, you have to go on the road. You know, the Knicks will probably be favored modestly in that spot, but the Hawks certainly can and maybe will go into New York because the Knicks are struggling pretty mightily. They're not very good. It's, it's sort of a battle of bottom five teams at the, at the moment. So we'll see if the Hawks can win that when they come back home after that for a game on Thursday against Utah. That's a pretty big challenge for the Hawks, and we'll see how they fare in that spot. Programming-wise, I'm not sure I'll have a new podcast Monday. We'll see how that goes. But at the very, very latest, we will have a new show after the game on Tuesday. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please tell a friend or two or three or four about the, about the show. If you have a Hawks fan in your life that's not listening to the podcast, please share it with them. If they hate it, I will understand. But hopefully they'll have a, have us um, give us a chance, I will say, before we uh, get into things. And also, if you're traveling, a good time to start catch, catching up on the, on the podcast. One more um, plug. I will have – I had a fun – long form interview slash discussion with Tyler Jones last week on the show. If you are in the, if you're in the market for a longer podcast, that's one to circle and go back, come back to after 25 games. The Hawks are now of course, six and 21 on the season. We will talk about much more stuff for the future, uh, in the future, but alas, there you go. Thank you for listening as always, everybody. And we'll see everybody at the very, very latest on Tuesday evening.